0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I greet you once again in that mighty, majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above all other names, and we give him praise today. And I want to thank you so much for your faithful listening to Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear a message entitled, Small Men Can't Wear Big Shoes. That's right, small men can't wear big shoes. We're going to talk about the very first king of Israel, King Saul. So call a friend, call a neighbor, let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air. And today, they will be marvelously blessed. we we'll are start here today in the book of Proverbs. Now, for the last few weeks, go to Proverbs 23. For the last few weeks, uh, just a little over a month, Uh, We've been looking at the whole armor of God, and we're going to continue that tonight and tonight's service at uh, five o'clock. But this morning, the Lord leads me another direction. So I find it beneficial to always follow what he says and not go along with what I have planned or prepared. So I pray that you're ready for this. We're going to read one verse together and then... We're going to uh, be seated and just begin to feast on the word of God. Proverbs the 12th, or rather Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23. And we're going to look at one verse. It says, well, let's try to read verse number seven together. We're going to read it loudly. Let's read it enthusiastically. Most important, let's read it slowly. All ready? You ready? Let's try it out. For as he thinketh in his heart. So is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Well, look at just that first section there, part A of that verse. It says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thank you, my friends. You may be seated. God bless you. The Lord is doing so many wonderful things. So many wonderful things. And today, this morning, should the Lord be desiring. We're going to start another series in the mornings. And this series is entitled, or today's message we can say uh, could say is entitled, A Small Man Can't Wear Big Shoes. <laughs> You'll understand by and by. A small man can't wear big shoes. Now if you're a woman, say a small woman can't wear big shoes. Big shoes. If you're a little boy, or a little girl, a little boy, or a little girl cannot wear big shoes. Now, what do we mean by this? If we look at Proverbs 23, verse 7 again, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think that you are small, you will never wear big shoes. Big shoes talking about uh, having great opportunities in your life. Great things, great promotions, great chances. You'll never take it or if you do receive it. You won't stay there very long because if your feet aren't the right size, as you walk, you are simply going to kick the shoes off. Small men, small women, a small person cannot wear big shoes. Now, God's trying to give us bigger things, bigger and better things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for the stuff. But it is more than the stuff that he's trying to get to us. There's a new way of thinking that he's trying to convey to us. There's a shifting in the atmosphere. There's a shifting in this time period that denotes that the things of yesterday will no longer work. We've got to make the shift. We've got to make the turn to what is even known as a kingdom mentality. God has called us more than conquerors. And it's time for us to agree with what He says. He says, I'm a conqueror. Well, then I must be a conqueror. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, then I must be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I'm the righteousness of God through Christ. Well, then I must be the righteousness of God through Christ. It's time for us to believe what He says. Listen. Unless your mentality, your mindset changes, when he gives you the big thing, when there is a transfer of wealth from the wicked to the just, unless we have had a mind shift, a mind change, you'll get it, but in the same moment, you'll blow it. What was meant then to sustain you, you'll blow it. Your mentality, our mindset has to change. If you see yourself as small and insignificant, then God can bring you to your promised land, but you'll never cross over it. He has given you all the ability that you need, all the power that you need, everything that you need. And people can look at you and say, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You may not know what it is, but they say you got it. You got it. Oh, you got it, man. Oh, you got it, girl. You got it. You got it. You got it. Everybody in the room can say you got it. But when you get up to the, the pinnacle or to that defining moment in your life, if you don't know you got it, you're not going to get it. Are you hearing what we're saying to you today? So the Lord is, is attempting and trying now, because we have to agree with what he says. But there's an opportunity now. There is an anointing present. There is grace present to shift our mindsets. There is grace present. It's present. Now, listen, let me tell you the importance of having the anointing or having the grace of God present to make a change. Because if you change without grace, change without the anointing, you may be able to do it, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Just like it is hard for man to plant out there in the natural world there. The ground is hard, may be hard, and it's it's hard to plant. It's hard to break up the fallow ground. That is without grace. The earth is cursed from way back there in the book of Genesis. By the sweat of man's brow, they're going to be able to eat from it, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. But before the fall, man had grace. He was in the glory of God, and he had sweatless victory. The earth just yielded to him. So when the grace of God, when the anointing of God is present to do a thing, it makes it a whole lot easier. How many of you have ever tried to fast without the grace of God? Huh? You try to do without the grace. You go from, I'm going to do it today, I'm going to do it today. But then you smell that biscuit and, oh, God, I'll try it again tomorrow. I'll try it again tomorrow. Oh, it's a lot easier when God calls you on a fast. It's a lot easier when he gives you his grace to fast. Oh, it just zooms on by. And what I'm telling you now is that the Lord is releasing his grace, his anointing, his power to change you. All you've got to do is say, yes, Lord. All you got to do is receive it. Because listen to me, listen again. The Lord, here again, unless he changes the way we think, we'll get the thing, we'll get the job, we'll get the promotion, we'll get the money, we'll get all this and we'll get all of that. But if we haven't changed, we won't be able to keep it. The whole mentality of the body has to be changed. Most of us come in and we'll get to the text today. Most of us came in today, not only here, but in other places to get pumped up for the week. We came to get a cheering service. Yeah, make made me feel better, Pastor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, praise and worship team. Get it going. Get me going. Get me going because I've been beat down all week long. And help me, Jesus. I just need a little bit more to pump my battery up so I can go out again. And I'm coming back around again next week so you can fill my old sorry self up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? No, no, no. God says we're more than conquerors. He says that we are warriors. He says that we are kings and that we are priests. We are meant to go forth and subdue to have six days of victory. When you leave out of this building, you are the one that's supposed to be conquering. It is a world that's supposed to be sad and depressed and bellyache and whine. That's their job. But your job is to speak life. Your job is to give them an encouraging word. You are supposed to demonstrate the kingdom of God to them. If you can't do it, you are sure not going to do it. You're the one who say you got Jesus. You're the one who say you got the power of God. I got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. I got the Holy Ghost jiggle. Woo! woo. But the problem is that our the Holy Ghost is only good on Sunday morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The time has come that the Holy Spirit has to be with you the other six days of the week. Hallelujah. There's got to be a change. There's got to be a difference. God called you to be the police force in so many ways. So when you go into a job environment, if you don't like the way, it's, if you don't like what's going on, in that job environment, you're the one that's supposed to change it. You are God's ambassador on that job. They're cussing in the back. Well, then you go and you show them the light of Jesus Christ and you are there for God's representative to bring heaven into that environment. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus told us to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. If everybody else is full of hell, you're the one who's bringing in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But instead, we whine and complain right along with them. The Lord said, you're in the world, but we're not of the world. And it's high time that we understand that. We don't act like they act. We don't do what they do. We're different we're different hallelujah we don't run from fights anymore we run to them hallelujah because we understand that a fight is the only way that you can get the spoils of war hallelujah they used to call it something else but i'm not going to call it that today Fighting is the only way that you get the spoils. Hallelujah. It's the only way that you make it. That's the only way that you're going to conquer and subdue and great and gain ground by fighting, by warfare, by a struggle. But we're running from struggle. If it gets too hard, we back up. If we have to do something more than the average, we back up. But God said that you are the standard saints of God. You are the standard. You are the showcase. You are God's showcase. And if you can't do it, who can? Are you with me? Are you with me? God's calling you to greater things. He's calling you to greater things. He's calling you to greater things. But there must be a mentality shift. There must be a shifting. Greater things. God did not always call you to live in that one bedroom trailer under the bridge. He's calling you to greater things. He didn't always call you to drive that that old the, the the broken down car with maypop tires. Hallelujah. He's called you to greater things. But it's just not the things that he wants to give you. He wants to give you a new heart and a new mind and a new life and a new mindset to where the same things don't depress you like they used to depress you to where the same things that made you angry and not like a fool before doesn't make you angry and not like a fool anymore. But now you have control over your own soul and people can't get under your skin. Are you with me? He's called us to be leaders in society. He's called us to be leaders in society. He's called us to lead the culture. To lead the culture. To influence the culture. To influence the nation. We are the ones that have the answer. Oh God, I pray you hear. We're the ones that actually have the answer. It's in us. It's in us. If the world wants to see how the economy is supposed to be run, they need only to look into the church and look into the lives of the people of God. Because the people of God, they will never their their, their seed will never have to beg bread. They'll see God's economy in activation. But if we are whining and complaining about no job, no opportunity, no this, no that, then they will never see the kingdom manifested. I pray you hear. But I know it may take a while for us to get the entire shifting. But I pray today we can at least kick, kick some mortar out of that wall. Are you hearing what we're saying to you? He's trying to raise us up. Raise our thinking. Because you're not supposed to be sick all the time. You're not supposed to be depressed all the time. You're not supposed to be angry all the time. You're not supposed to be worried all the time. You're not supposed to have no rest and be unrest and and no peace all the time. That's, That's not supposed to be. That is not you. You're not supposed to be broke all the time. That's not you. It's not you. There has to be a mentality shift. Most of us are, have been, have become used to, it and it has become normal for us not to have enough. And we're pretty much used to it. And we say things like, well, I know I ain't gonna have no money. He's on the church trip. Well, I know, I know I'm gonna have no money for so I might as well be, stay home. I, I'm not gonna sign up for I'm not gonna have any money. We're so used to not having anything that it's now invaded our hearts, and we're speaking it. But that's not you. That's not you. You are not fearful. You are not afraid. You're a conqueror. You're more than a warrior. You're a fighter. That other stuff is not you. And God is trying to give you opportunities after opportunity. He's trying to give you what's called defining moments. And there are many defining moments that take place in our lives. But if we're not ready, small men will not wear big shoes. Are you hearing? Well, in order for there to be a shifting, you first must reject what you have known as normal and true. You first must reject what you have known to be normal and true. In order for there to be a shifting, you first must reject what you've known to be normal and true. For some of us, even in marriage, what has become the norm is that we've had hell at home and it's been hell at home for such a long time. We expect there to be hell when we get back home. We must reject that and believe that God wants me to be happy. I'm supposed to be happy. Happy. One man said, well, we've always argued, we've always fussed in my family, that's just normal. It's not normal. Not when you're part of the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You ought to have so much peace in your home that you desire to get back home. You can't wait to get back home because that's your place of rest. That's your sanctuary. Hallelujah. That's your sanctuary. Instead of running from home, don't want to go home. See, that's jacked up. That's messed up. That's not what God has for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We ought to you ought to get to the point when you know that something is something's going to happen at work and somebody's telling lies and this, and that, and the other. And you're dreading going to work. Now you say, no, Lord, I can't wait to get there because I know I'm going to see your power in demonstration. I know that you're going to fight for me. I can't wait to see what you're going to do on my behalf. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Hallelujah. Instead of dreading to go to the mailbox. Oh, I got to pay another bill. You ought to be excited to go because you know God's going to send me another check. He's going to send me another check. Hallelujah. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to go. Hallelujah. Instead of sing on your caller ID. Oh, it's another bill collector. It's another company. i be excited because what they're actually calling you to do is to tell you that they owe you a refund. There has to be a mentality shift where we begin to believe God for what is good. Begin to believe for good. Begin to believe for the best instead of the worst. Because there's a trail of worse behind us. There's a trail of instead of goodness and mercy following, it's worry and complaints following you all the days of your life. Most of us are worrying and complaining, worrying and complaining, worrying and complaining, worrying and complaining complaining all the days. But that is not you. These are things, these are the wool that the world has pulled over your eyes to try to blind you lest you see what is the truth. But you must reject this reality. God speaks those things that be not as though they were. He talks about them like they actually exist because they actually do exist. So our mouths have to change. In order for us to have different things, we've got to speak different things and do differently. I'm telling you, he's trying to give you opportunities. He's trying to bless you without measure. His word is true. His word is true and he's trying to fill you up. But every time he fills some of us up, we get it. But it's like we have bags with holes in it and it goes right back out. And we wonder, why can't I keep anything? Why am I always broke? Why do? We, why is it that the saints of God continually have to borrow when God said that we'll be the lender and not the borrower? Are you understanding what we're saying to you? There has to be a complete mentality shift where we expect good and not evil. Are you with me? Let me show you this worked out in the word of God. Go to the book of Samuel. We're going to see a man here by the name of Saul. Samuel, the first chapter won't get a chance to go through his entire story today, but we'll bring up some points. That I know is going to bless you and help you to understand that small men, small men cannot wear big shoes, big shoes representative of big opportunities. This is your break. Your ship has finally come in. But for some of us, our ship has had to be tied at another port because we're not ready to receive it yet. Because the Lord knows as soon as it comes in, you're going to give all your money to Joombo. You wouldn't give it all away. The first hard luck story that comes your way. You wouldn't give it all away. Well, pastor, don't God say, I'm supposed to to give to those that that are in need? Yeah, but are they in need? Do they have need? Need of what? Another hit? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better learn to give by the Spirit. And not give by someone else's necessity. Are you with me? Because their lack of preparation should never constitute an emergency on your behalf. Because they failed to prepare. It should not mean that it now becomes an emergency. And I got to run. Oh. And get all excited. And try to help you out because you failed to plan. Hallelujah. There's going to be a shifting. There's going to be a shifting. There's going to be a shifting. You know, for a lot of us, when we get a couple of dollars in our pocket, we can't wait to spend it. We can't wait to spend it. But I'm telling you that as our mindset shifts, God will help us to do one word. It's called what? Save. He'll help you to save. So when we have a flat tire, we don't have to pawn our car to buy a new tire. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's a shifting. For some of us if we get too much money in our hands not that we're going to do something wrong but just like oh our bank account is big we have a lot of money oh what am I to do I haven't had this much before Who shopping are you hear what I'm saying to you are you with me Let's look at this man, Saul. Let me tell you the condition of Israel. We see here in, in 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter. The Israel was in trouble. Before we go here, Israel was in trouble. The Philistines were really just attacking Israel and taking things from them. And the children of Israel. Desire to change, they desired a savior, they they wanted salvation, they wanted deliverance from their enemies. Anybody ever ever prayed that before? You want deliverance from your enemies? Because you have something that has been constantly on you and constantly with you. It's a constant nagging sensation, nagging feeling, and you want deliverance from it? So the people of God were crying out because the Philistines were being that nag. In verse number four of 1 um, Samuel, the eighth chapter, it says Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in th- thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all, in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They don't want me, Samuel. They want a king. All right, listen to them. I'm going to give them what they want. Because God wanted to rule his people through the prophets, through the priest and prophet ministry. But they wanted a king just like everybody else had. I want a king. I can see him like having something, being like a child. I want a king. I want a king. I want, I want a king. I want a king. So God said, all right, all right. I've heard your cries. I know you want a king. Sammy, don't worry about it. It's not you they're rejecting, but they're rejecting me. All right. My eyes will seek out one to be their king. All right. So let's go into, uh, Chapter 9, entering Saul here, verse number 2. He had a son whose name was Saul, a choice man, a goodly, and there was none, rather there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier or or a a, a more handsome person than he. Uh, For from his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Saul was tall, man. He was a big man, taller than anybody else in the land. Oh, imagine that. You're the tallest one in town. You're the tallest one in the country. I'm the tallest person in the United States of America. Yes, I am tallest one. He was big. He was handsome. He was desirable. And this is the one that God chose to be the next king. Because the people wanted to see something. So God gave him something to see. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So we skip on over. I want you to see something now. In verse number 15, it says, Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because of because their cry is come to me and when Samuel saw Saul the Lord said to him behold the man whom I spake of the spake to the uh, this came rather this same shall reign over my people so Samuel sees him now and I was going to go a little bit further here Samuel sees him this is the man this is Saul this is God's choice say God's choice Saul tall man Handsome, good-looking, good-looking. For in today's time, if he was on TV, he could smile, and the little star come on his teeth. Good-looking man, tall, handsome, look like a king. He's a man. He is God's choice, not the people's choice. The people called for him, but God selected him. He is God's choice. Saul is God's choice. Saul tells Samuel. uh, If you talk about Samuel, you mean Samuel is the renowned preacher. Everybody knows Samuel. When Samuel comes to town, they ask, are you coming peace? Because they know Samuel got some power with God. Samuel is respected. If he was in today's time, you see Samuel all on TBN, Daystar and all the other channels. Samuel be the one on, uh, on, the, on the cover of time. He'd be the one talking to the presidents and United Nations. It was Samuel, man. Samuel was the man. Turn to the name Delam. Samuel was the man. Now I'm telling you, he was. He was. So God told Samuel, go over there. Here's a man I want you to anoint as king over my people. Now, I want you to see a little bit about Saul as Samuel comes to tell him the good news Because listen, everybody in Israel is hoping for a king because they are tired of them Philistines bothering them. They need a savior. They are so tired of being wrecked and their stuff taken and their women raped and their children carried away. Their villages raided. They are so tired of that. And they've been praying, oh God, give us a king. And God told Samuel, I'm giving them a king because I've heard the cries of my people. They've been crying out. So I'm sending them a savior that will save them from their enemy the philistines are you with me so the people have been crying out "Want a king the people don't know about this conversation that god is having with samuel right now they're still in the position of prayer praying oh god give us a king oh god give us a king but behind the scenes god is talking to samuel but saul doesn't know what's happening just yet he doesn't know that he's god's choice so let's look now let's look a bit further then Samuel verse eighteen. Then Samuel, then Samuel drew near to to. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, "Tell me, I pray thee, where the the, seer, the where the seer's house is." Well, well, what we didn't say was that uh, Saul was out at this point trying to uh, fix one of his father's problems because his father had uh, lost some of his donkeys, and Saul is going out trying to find his father's donkey. He has a problem, and so he's. Going out, trying to find the seer, who at this time was also called a prophet. And of course, the prophet will tell you where the problem, where to find the solution. Are you with me, everybody? Are you still with me? And so, uh, verse 19, and Samuel uh, answered, and Samuel, uh, rather, Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Uh, Go up before me unto the high place, uh, for ye shall eat with me today and tomorrow I will let thee go and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. I'm sure Saul's going, okay, when we come to your house and get something to eat. Okay, well, I am hungry, all right, but what about my problem? Verse 20, and as for thine asses, that's the donkey, that uh, were lost three days ago, set not thine mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee? And all thy father's house. He said don't, don't worry about your problem. It's fixed. You've been looking for me to tell you what the money is. There it is. Don't worry about it. It's done. Don't even think about that anymore. But then he switches the conversation. Oh. Come here brother Samuel. Let me, come here pastor Samuel. Let me, let me use your son. Come on up here. Yes. And so he comes up to Samuel. I'll play Samuel. Uh, you come over here. Good, good man. Praise the Lord. And so he's wondering, where, what my donkey's at? And, and Samuel tell him, well, I, I know, I know where they are. Don't worry about it. Everything is cool. But he said to him, he said, uh, on whom is all the desire of Israel? In other words, hey, I got some news for you. Everybody in America been praying for you. God. Can you imagine the weight of that? All the people, of all of Israel has been praying for you. He knew what this meant because he'd been one of the ones that had been praying for the king. Are you with me? And now Samuel's saying, Hey, buddy, it's you. You the one that they've been praying for. You the one that everybody's been hoping for. All the desire of Israel is on you and on your family's house. Hallelujah. Can you see that? So he's like, What? I just I, I just came looking for some donkeys. What? what? Uh, I mean, look how handsome this man is. Look at the muscles. He's a king. Now listen, look how Saul responded here. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou to me? He begins to retreat. What? Uh, you, You can't want me. Say that, brother. Can't want me. Yeah, there you go, something like that. <laughs> he said, you, "You can't want me because this job is, is too big for me." Say, this job too big for me. Job too big for me. There, they see that. So he begins to retreat. He's retreating. Now he's standing there with with Samuel, but he's beginning to back up a little bit because the the words of the Lord that has come through Samuel unto him is now affecting his core. And now we begin to see how he really thinks about himself. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? I'll act it out from here. Thank you, brother. Amen. Give, give him a hand. <laughs> now, listen the words of God now are affecting Saul's core. Now, I want to read this to you also out of the Message Bible because I just love what it says here. It says here really, I will read this out of the um, New Living Translation, verse number 20 and 21. It says, uh, he says, here, and don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. And Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. And my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Now, here is the opportunity of the lifetime of a lifetime. You are about to be the man, the king. Bling! You are about to be the. I mean, who don't want to be the king? The king. You're about to be in control over the entire nation. You're about to be the king. Opportunity of a lifetime. It's like someone tells you, I want you to be the CEO of the Coca-Cola Corporation. We're going to pay you a million dollars or two million dollars a year. Opportunity of a lifetime. Here it is. Saul's a big man on the outside, but he's a little man. On the inside, because of what he thinks about himself, his family, and his people. And so here's an opportunity ordained of God. This is God saying, this is your moment. This is your defining moment in destiny and in history. And how will you respond to it? Uh, me? No, you can't want me. No, no, but my people, no, you don't understand. I'm black. <laughs> my people, you know, I'm white. I, I'm Hispanic. I, you, you not seen my skin, and, man. In my family, we're, 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 we're the least. You, you, did you know what my dad used to do, man? My family get drunk every Saturday night. What you? You can't want me. You got your stuff mixed up, home. You got it mixed up. You can't want me. You can't want me. But what he said? Why are you talking like this to me? Are you all right? Samuel said, "You're the man." He said, "I don't, I don't know about that." Here's the opportunity of a lifetime. God is trying to promote. God is trying to increase, not only you, but your entire household. Your family now becomes the king's family. We get to move on up, moving on up to this east side. We get to move out of the ghetto and move into the palace. So are you, hallelujah. Woo. We get the finest things. I get a crown. I get gold. I get bling, bling. Hallelujah. I get to drive the, 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 the Royal Rolls Royce. I get to have my limo. Oh, everything is tight. And your soul is about to blow it. Because his mind has not been renewed. Now he's about 30 years old. So for about 30 years, he saw himself as being small. For 30 years, it was always, well, I don't look quite right. For 30 years, it was, it's, it's my family. It's my family. You know, I really don't know who my dad really is, but my mama tell me, maybe Junebug, maybe Jeff. Hey, maybe Brian. She don't quite know. So you can't want me. You know, they said that they really didn't want me around when, I, when mama got pregnant. So you can't want me. You don't want me, do you? Amen. Anyway. I don't have the education to solve the nation's problems, but God said, You, the man. And we now have to believe what God said versus what we see. There has to be a total shifting. Because the Lord knew that you didn't have the education when He called you, but He called you anyway. He knew that you didn't have the skills when he called you, but he's calling you anyway. He's not calling many people that are wise. Thank God. He's not calling many people that are noble. He's not calling many people that are pretty and handsome. Praise the Lord. But he is calling the rest of us, the misfits, those that can't do. Hallelujah. He wants to empower us to promote the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But what's happening? Because we have not taken time to find out who we are. Because we've allowed people to push us and we're about to close. We've allowed people to push us into a box and they tell us who we are. Or they constantly press on you. And I believe that this is part of Saul's problem. Because his father, the Bible says, was a mighty man of war. He was a mighty man of power. And maybe everybody else wanted him to be like a daddy. But maybe Saul just wanted to plant flowers. Constantly bombarded with other people's images of you. And it begins to affect your psyche. And so when opportunity comes, you can't take it because you're just thinking about, well, I'm not like what they said I ought to be. Who told you that being you was not enough? Who told you that working with the gifts and skills that God gave you is not enough? Somebody been lying to you and they've been telling you that you're not good enough. But I'm here to rectify the situation and tell you that you're more than good enough. What God gave you is more than enough. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you got it going on. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm here today trying to empower you by the spirit of God to get up from where you are and receive the opportunities that God will place before you. But if you neglect to hear the word that the Lord is speaking, they're going to put that job uh, opportunity in your face and you're going to say, well, I don't have my GED. They're trying to give you a $60,000 a year job based upon God's hand working in the background. He has given you massive favor with everybody in the plant. And all we can say is, I only finished the second grade. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God is going to begin to work and you'll see him working people like puppets. Trying to transfer the wealth from the sinner to those that are just, to those that are qualified, to those that have received him, to his showcases, so that he can show the world, if I did it through him, surely I can do it through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But we'll blow it if we're still small on the inside. Are you with me? Turn to David and tell him it's time to, time to grow up. It's time to grow up. So let's go just a little bit further. So Samuel tells Saul, hey, you the man. Saul said, uh uh-uh. uh. Out of the Message Bible, it reads, uh, well, it says, at this moment, uh, Israel's future is in your hands. Talking to Saul. Uh, the message Bible, Samuel told Saul, at this moment, Israel's future is in your hands. Now, that's, that's heavy. The state right. of the world, the state of this country is in your hands. He said, why are you talking like this to me? Yeah. It goes on down. Verse one, two. And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the, the parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, bring the portion which I gave thee, to which I said unto thee, set it by thee. Now look, he tells him, you're the man, you're the next king. huh?" He says, come on home now to my house, because there's a banquet in your honor. There's a what? Yeah, I've already invited 30 people there. And here's your seat right here at the top of the table. Sit right there. You want me to sit? Okay, that means people going to be looking at me. That's right. That's right. And I get the special portion that was set aside for the honored guests. You mean, I got to eat that? Yes, you, you're the one. What? Me? Man, you don't know about my family. Didn't, didn't I tell you about Junebug? All right. So Saul sat there and he ate. And in the morning, they stayed there overnight in the morning, they get up. And the Bible says that Samuel begins to talk with Saul. He began to talk to him. So we don't know what they talked about, but I'm sure he's beginning to encourage him. Son, hey, you're God's choice. You can do this thing. It's not you, but it's him. He's going to be working through you. You're going to be all right in this. And they go on down the road and Samuel tells Saul, tell your servant to go up further there. Because I want to tell you something that the Lord told me. Let's speak up here. And we're going to end up here. In verse number 27. Let me read that. It says, and as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of the Lord. All right. Uh, Rufus going up, going up front, man. We catch it to you. Preacher want to talk to me for a minute. All right, man, I see you in front. All right. All right, peace, man. <laughs> so Rufus is up there now, and now Saul's like, okay. What's up, man? I got what, what, you know, I'm uncomfortable. What? Well, Saul, so I got something I got to do. All right, bet what? I'm here. <laughs> what? All right. Verse, <laughs> verse number one in chapter 10. Then Samuel took, then Samuel took a, a vessel of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Before then, this could have been something that they were just mm, joking about. But now this is serious because here is a private ceremony And Saul is being anointed king over Israel. There's nobody there but just him and a man of God. The secret place, God is equipping you to reign. In the secret place, he is anointing you to rule, anointing you to reign outside of everybody else's sight he's equipping you giving you favor and the power of God is coming upon you to do what you could not do before God said I've chosen you and I'm empowering you to do the thing that you could not do only look not to yourself only look not to what you have look not to your past or to your background but look to me because I will empower you this day to do the thing that you cannot do I will reign through you and my people will be marvelously blessed at that moment that's what he did then and that is what the lord is doing now to those of us that will hear his word he's telling you don't look at what you have look to him He knows who you are. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. But yet and still, he is still calling you. Will you receive his call today? Pray you receive the word of God. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We'll praise the wonderful name of Jesus. We pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged. On behalf of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we would like to invite you out to Sunday Morning Sunday School. It starts at 9 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10. Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. And dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometime. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. We'll be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world... Just let us know, because partnership has its advantages. Until next time, this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Tune in again for the rich word of the Lord. Always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.